Welcome to the Made for Memories podcast, where we explore the sport and business of fishing and the great outdoors in Canada. Presented by Len Thompson and Northern King Lures. Here are your hosts, brother and sister duo, Brad Pallister and Jessica Pallister Dew. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Need for Memories podcast. Hello, Brad. Hi, Jess. You're going to England soon. I am. Yep. Leave uh, on Sunday for a 10-day trip to visit Rachel's, my wife's uh, grandmother, who just turned 96. So we're taking the whole family, the girls. Uh Evelyn's never been on a plane. Ellie's hasn't been on a plane since before COVID. So, yeah, excited. Well, we got a little bit busy in April and did not record a podcast. And when we realized you were leaving in a few days, we thought, man, we should talk to somebody. Yeah, it's uh, April, May, and June are three of the busier months in our world. So, yeah, we... It's kind of getting ready for the, the season that's coming up and it feels like it's almost here. My allergies certainly feel like it's here. Friggin' all gummed up and just sound like up. you have a jazz voice is all. It's fine. Uh I don't feel very jazzy, but anyways. It's better than my English accent. Yeah, your English accent is not good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Can't be good at everything. I guess not. <laughs> What have you been up to that you want to let our podcast listeners know about? Uh, no, work is busy. Oh, the our super fun project at the Len Thompson Pond is almost done. We'll maybe talk to Wes a little bit more about that because he has some insight on our new fishing dock and why we're doing it. And yeah, we'll maybe talk to Wes a little bit about that and. Did we say that we were talking to Wes? Did we? I can't remember. Well, you just let the cat out. Yeah, of it. yeah. So the doc is in the script, so we we don't script things things out except for rapid fire. But we do have a few talking points to keep us on track, and and yeah. Whatnot. So the the doc is definitely on on the list, um, because Wes recently wrote an article about it. So um, yeah, there. But um, we had Wes l- last. At the beginning of our podcast journey, um, and he asked to come back. So he was gracious enough to accommodate a last minute uh, guest request. So maybe we should bring Wes on and uh, go from there. Yeah, we'll talk to Wes about things and stuff. Awesome. Let's do it. Hey, Wes. Man, look at that beautiful beard you're growing. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you ever tried a beard, Wes David? No. Uh. No, I don't even like this, but Susie does what Susie oh. she gets. Yeah, fair do enough. You, do you like grow facial hair evenly? Or yeah. is it patchy? No, it's it grows evenly. I've got a lot of friends that looks like they tried to glue it on and ran out of glue. Like <laughs> I would like to see a Wes David beard. Hipster beard. Like a long one? Like, like a hipster beard. Like a Yeah, Movember, I'll do it. Oh. 
Because I That'd can't be fun. film it. Like, I can't be on TV all scruffy. <laughs> Why not? You're an outdoors guy. Aren't you supposed to be a little rough around the edges? I'm just still a little too old school for that. Uh, I can wake up in the morning, comb my hair with a face cloth, and go. No, I do have a full head of hair, though. Yeah, it must be nice. <laughs> I didn't mean that. As uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Carry on, Jess. And today, we welcome back our very first podcast guest. And I'm going to use the exact same bio as the one that we used in episode two. Uh, so here we go. Wes David is the host of the Fishing the Wild West TV show, a television series focused on exploring Western fisheries and teaching viewers tips and techniques helpful to anglers regardless of their level of experience. Besides his hosting duties, Wes is also a writer, conservation advocate, tournament angler, former bull rider, and a heck of a genuinely nice guy. Please join us in welcoming the one and only Wes David. <laughs> thank you jess <laughs> that was quite an introduction thank you brad uh for having me um yeah second time with you guys it's exciting well last episode you asked to come back i did yes you're like can we do this again and i was like absolutely and brad was a little bit he's like eh, okay maybe <laughs> at west i didn't think west was that great as i think is what i said <laughs> holy cow because <laughs> <laughs> you insulted his hair before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the last episode, we talked about the business of TV, the challenges of running your own show, uh, your production company, uh, managing sponsorship, and a lot more. So any uh, listeners who haven't listened to that one, it's episode two um, on Apple or Spotify or on the website. So today, uh, we're just going to you know, just kind of talk about what's new. Find out, you know, a little bit more about what's making West tick these days. So uh, you're going into new season, Fishing the Wild West TV. Yeah, new season. Um, actually, it never really slows down for us. As you know, like the winter months, we were at a variety of trade shows. And now that COVID's behind us and the borders are open, so we're down in the U.S. again. Uh, I leave tomorrow to the uh, MC with Rick Hansen, the man in motion for the Fraser River Sturgeon Conservation Society. When I get back, um, I have a new boat from Tractor Boats that hasn't been on the water yet. So on the 9th, we're going out to test it and, you know, run the engine through the gears and, and put all our brackets and stuff we need on for filming. And then we're, we're on the road quite a bit. Uh, along with some exciting places in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Northwest Territories, that we're going we're also i can't reveal too much but we're starting a new project a second project so um it is kind of fishing related it's kind of hunting related and it's kind of farming and ranching related so i we're, we're doing the full release in july um we've already started filming there will be six pilot projects and uh we're really we're, we're really looking forward to that. It has a lot to do with my past history from my rodeo days and stuff. And, and I come up with the ideas that's something desperately needed, in my opinion, desperately needed. Yeah, it sounds like it's right up your alley. What, uh, what are you most looking forward to this summer? Oh, I get asked that a lot. I, I get asked, you know, favorite fish species, favorite lakes, that sort of thing. And you know what I, I miss the most? or enjoy the most i should say 
is just visiting with people. I, I mean, and, you know, rural Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, I, I've said it before, I can pull up for a tank of gas and talk with someone at the pumps adjacent to me, hunting, fishing, farming, ranching, all within a tank of gas. And I don't know if I fully appreciated that when I was, you know, the first years, because it was such a, a dry, everything was new. But that, that's one of my favorite things of being on the road, shooting fish in the Wild West TV is visiting, you know, all the communities and people that we, we visit. Hmm. The, uh, the new boat must be a big deal because during COVID there was not, uh, a lot of boats available, right? If I remember correctly. Yes. Yes. They're just getting back to, uh, supply and demand now. Yeah, so so generally speaking, you'd get a new boat every couple three years, Wes. Every two years. And how long have you had the 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 old boat? I turned it in uh, uh, early spring, like I guess March, and I had it four years. Yeah. Um, this one here, I'll have I'll get back on schedule now, and I had it four years just because they didn't have a boat to give me, and and they were scrambling tracker boats were scrambling to to get me one their newest model, and I I just. We come to an agreement. I didn't want to take a boat from somebody that was waiting on a boat to get their family. Mine was still in great shape, and it's still in great shape when I turned it in. Our, our camera brackets, everything was in place. So I was content with, with the boat, and I already miss it. But I, I must say I'm looking forward to putting a new one on the water. So what do you got? What Tell, tell us about, the, tell us about the, new, the new ride. So it's a 2023 uh, tracker V19 Targa. It's got the uh, 225 Mercury on it. Um, Hummingbird fish finders, trolling motors, um, black. So we kind of had the the new Cam Clark Ford kind of wrapped to match the black. And and uh, uh, yeah, I'm pretty pretty excited to be on the water and on the road with the new gear. Um, you know, it's such an honor to you know work with. Bass Pro, Cabela's Tracker Boats, Cam Clark Ford. Um, but I think even more so, such an honor for them to trust me barreling down the highway with all their gear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to behave. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that. yeah, you, we all know that's not going to happen. Uh, what's, <laughs> some, uh, what's some general advice you have for outfitting a new boat? Or I guess getting ready for a season like a new season you know what brad I, outfitting a new boat boat is, is very personable so it, it's you know whatever you want it's the things you like and we're all a little bit different but what i would like to talk about as we're getting into a new boating season is boat launch etiquette um you know i've seen so many people they, they and sometimes they just don't know one of the biggest things that is a mistake that is made, and sometimes just people don't know, but it frustrates everybody else, is when you're in the boat parking lot, that's the time to put all your gear from your truck into your boat. Whether you're going fishing or water skiing, whatever the case may be, the kids' lunches and the water skiing equipment, the fishing gear, whatever, not when you back down to the launch and stop three feet short of the water and then start unloading everything. Cause all you're doing is holding everybody else up. Um, next, when you're coming off the water, 
same thing. Um, I know it's a little bit harder. Sometimes you, you know, someone's driving your boat or your truck and backing it down and you're on the water with the boat or maybe you're by yourself. But if you can help it, back down, load your boat, you know, obviously put your safety uh, uh, ratchet on and then up to the parking lot and you can finish unloading your boat there or unloading the stuff out of your boat, putting on your tarp and stuff out of the way of the boat launch. And I can't stress this enough. Not everybody is as good at backing up as you think you are. So if someone's having trouble, get out and help them. Um, you know, every if we all help out at the boat launch and the boat docks and stuff, things will go a lot quicker and we'll be on the water sooner, whether we're doing water sports or fishing. Um, I was at Pigeon Lake one year and a, wife, a husband let, her, let his wife off to go get the truck. She was having trouble backing down. As we all know, backed up a, a boat trailer. It's, it's hard to see in the mirror sometimes. And she was having a lot of trouble. And of course, the crowd started gathering. And now people are watching and she's having trouble. People are saying stuff. By the time I got to her door to ask her if I could help, she was almost in tears and couldn't put me in the truck fast enough. We backed down, got her husband and her boat on. And I, I'll be honest, my words to those that were watching all this take place and didn't lift a finger to help were not so kind. Uh, all we have to do is help each other out and everything will go quicker and smoother at the boat launch. For sure. All right. Well, friendly PSA from the lovely West, David, don't be a D-I-C-K. <laughs> Just said it, not me. <laughs> All right, moving on. So Wes, you said that you're leaving this weekend um, to go do some conservation related things. Um, you recently sent me an article that you graciously wrote on the new Lacombe Fishing Game wheelchair accessible dock that um, Brad has had a huge part of in that project. And in your introduction, you mentioned your relationship with Rick Hansen. Yeah, so Rick Hansen is uh, the man in motion. He, you know, he wheelchaired around the world to um, promote or to help raise money to to make more things wheelchair accessible. Uh, things that we take for granted. Uh, McDonald's was a major sponsor and they, I believe, don't quote me, but I believe they were one of the first to get on board to make all their restaurants worldwide wheelchair accessible and not only wheelchair accessible but accessible for those with any sort of uh disability he uh he, he his passion is fishing as a matter of fact he was coming back from a fishing accident or from a fishing trip when he had his accident i believe he was 15 years old um just an incredible man though just very friendly very passionate about fishing about you know, the many different projects he's in. And uh, hats off to to the city of Lacombe, Lacombe Fishing Game, everybody involved with with making, you know, the dock at the at the Lynn Thompson Trout Pond, you know, wheel, wheelchair accessible or, or even disability accessible. Because uh, now everybody has a chance or an easy access to go fishing. Um, and when I told Rick about it, he was you know, like he was so complimented, he called me immediately. I sent him an email. He called me immediately and I, and I told him what I knew about it at the time. 
Um, I got a little more in depth with the article for Alberta Outdoorsman, which uh, you guys graciously provided me the information, and and I'm looking forward to it. I, I you know, it's it's such a such a great story that's put together by such a great community. Uh, so it was a, it was a community project financed by um, the Alberta government to a degree through the Community Facilities Enhancement Program the County of Lacombe, the City of Lacombe, the Lacombe Fishing Game. And then uh, Len Thompson Lures put in uh, $15,000 that uh, uh, we were able to help finance through the Blind Man Beer Royalty. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then Team Jigger, uh, which is uh, an accessibility organization here in Lacombe. Um, they, uh, they, well, they were part of the inspiration of the project too. But uh, they were also able to contribute to the to the project. So, so it was a really cool community project. We're really happy with the result. The contractor uh, has done a great job. Um, when you see it in person, Wes, you're going to be really excited when it's all done and and the path is installed and all that sort of stuff. It's it's going to be one more really cool thing uh, to to help get everybody uh you know access to to fishing and not just people in a wheelchair but you know people with any mobility issues you know cognitive issues you know whatever right so and uh, even on that as i mentioned in the article because i've been to trout ponds where where you know elderly gentlemen didn't feel comfortable getting right down to the shoreline so it's even for that for everybody and it's like i said it's uh it was it was pretty neat to to write the article. Jess has been keeping me updated on fresh pictures, and yeah, it's uh, congratulations to everybody, and thank you to everybody involved. Um, Lacombe's become a little bit of a hub, and I, Brad, that's a big part. And thanks to you, you've put a lot of work into Lacombe's little ponds, not just the Lynn Thompson Pond, but there's another one um, <clears throat> over just behind the police station in Lacombe called the East Stormwater Pond. Um, and there's been some big developments over that in the last couple of years with um, added docks, added aeration, and uh, good it's job, Brad. Good job, Lacombe Fishing Game. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a really good team at the Lacombe Fishing Game that, that uh, is really kind of behind it, right? So, Yeah, and from my understanding, um, when we're done this podcast, you're going to, to uh, put some fish in the pond. Yeah, yeah, that's why we had to... Uh, um, toggle the time a little bit yeah that the stocking trucks coming coming at noon so gonna go that's always that's always fun to, that's always it's always one of the better parts of i i never get tired of seeing the stocking truck come so yeah no that is exciting uh so Wes, in our first podcast with you um we talked obviously a lot about fishing but we also touched on your rodeo circuit and you said that you at one point had 36 licenses or something like that for for different states when you were yeah is that the right number uh, something yeah, like that. pretty close i had a lot of like yeah um yeah when i when i was rodeoing um i i always loved fishing so whenever i was rodeoing we had a day off couple days off you know i was i was young i wasn't married so i didn't have to go home so i go fishing it so i had I, I don't remember the exact number, 20 some different fishing licenses, 30 some different fishing licenses, because I had to have one for each state. Uh, some states you have to have different license for different areas, I had one for each province. 
I don't know if I caught anything or very much, but I was out fishing. It was a great way to heal. <laughs> well, and you know, one thing that I've noticed in the last couple of years of, of your show is that you've really integrated a little bit more of your rodeo life into it. Um, you've had some guests on that are current rodeo stars. Um, and then in your, you know, PR life, you've done a little bit of hosting on the, the rodeo side. So it's obviously a key passion in your life. Um, my question for you is what are some of the biggest lessons that you learned in rodeo that you have applied to fishing? Business. And I didn't know I was learning it when I was, when I was young and rodeoing, um, you know, how to, when you're rodeoing, you're your own travel agent. You have to enter your own rodeos. You keep track of, you know, you, you, the bulls. And, and is it worth me going to get on this bull when I could go get on this bull? And money, you do your own banking, budgeting, everything like that. PR, talking with people. Um, you know, do, I wish I knew, you know, then working with sponsors, what I know now. And it's just, rodeo taught me so much that I didn't even realize I was learning. Um, I would I would have to say the the biggest thing is is the business side of it again that I didn't even know I was learning. Um and it's such a rodeo's like fishing or or hunting or you know it gets in your blood and you just have a passion for it and you want to take care of it and then when it it kind of raises you and educates you you gain even more of a passion for it. So it's yeah and it is a big part of my life. I'm I'm still a part of it. Um but I wouldn't, uh, looking at the bulls, I used to get on into what the kids get on now. I have no interest. I'll, uh, I'll, I should have gone into fishing first. It doesn't hurt as bad. Did you, uh, like, I, I, I don't know anything about radio. I really don't. Uh, was it, uh, were you able to pay for your hobby via your winnings? Were you, were you really good? Were you, average, were you middle of the pack? Were, what, what? No, I wasn't starving, but I wasn't getting fat either. <laughs> okay. so well, i'll just leave it at that fair enough yeah I, uh, I got to do exactly what i wanted to do from say age 17 18 till 20 26 27 25 26 um and once you get once you get married life changes like uh when i was young and single if i broke a leg i just go hang out on a buddy's couch until it healed and i could carry on you got a wife you know, when you're paying for a mortgage, the bank still wants their money. So you got to you got to do things a little differently. Life changes, as they say. <laughs> you and Susie have been married for 20. 26 years on the 10th of this month in six days. Can you call and remind me that, please? Sure. I'll write it down. <laughs> <laughs> Last year was our biggest one, our big one, the 25th. This year's 26. Nice. Cool. Well, um, I guess without further ado, should we head into the rapid fire segment? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think I, 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 I have just one more question and then rapid fire, um, because I'm not real happy with the answer I got. Okay. Which was when you start when you're preparing for a season, and let's talk like weekend warrior, like not. not when you're preparing for a fishing season, what what are some big, uh, big pieces of advice that you would that you would give? 
on the actual fishing side, um, right now, spring of the year, everybody's probably think. let's just say pike and walleye for easy figuring, northern pike and walleye. I would have for for walleye, I would have some jigs ready. Um, I use big sky jigs. I'd have some minnow and I'd be fishing adjacent straight out from the spawning areas. So rocky areas, walleye spawn in the rocks. Um, the female, they've already spawned. The females have moved out to a little bit deeper water, but they don't go across the lake. They don't go to another lake. They don't move. They just, you know, they'll go out and rest in about 15 to 18 feet of water and they'll just be resting. The male walleye will still, or can still be up quite shallow, 12 feet of water. Um, and they're still very aggressive. You only get to spawn once a year. You're going to wait there until every female comes and goes. Northern pike, back bays, shallow back bays. Uh, same thing. They've gone through the stresses of the spawn. They've just spent five months under the ice, low light, low oxygen levels, and the stresses of the spawn. I'd be in the back bays, um, eight feet of water less with my favorite number two, Len Thompson. Um, and casting, casting for them and just slow retrieving. But when you're casting for these pike that are resting, cast past where you believe the pike are. Sometimes you can even see them. Cast past, then retrieve your lure so that when it swims over top of them, it's already in a natural swimming presentation. A lot of, one of the biggest mistakes I see is people cast at the fish, whether any species or whatever they're casting. Never cast at the fish. Always cast past them and you'll reduce spooking them. Plus your lure will be working in a natural pattern as it comes over top of them or through them. Um, right now for pike, my favorite places to go for pike at this time of the year would be the Southern Alberta Reservoirs. Crawling Valley is one of my favorite. Uh, lots of back bays and cutouts and inside corners for pike to go in. And all the Southern Reservoirs have man-made dam so there's rocks included with that so that's a uh, matter of fact we're going to rolling hills on tuesday with the new boat and once we get the boat broken there's no way i can be on the water and not drop a line Go ahead. You shouldn't tell people that you're gonna end up with stalkers <laughs> that's all right that's my job oh help fair enough goal is just to help people catch one more fish just as long as i catch one cool all right that was a better answer. Thank you for that. Now we can go into the rapid fire. All right. So obviously um, Brad's being picky today. So I'm a little bit nervous for you during rapid fire. If you remember last time, the rules are you have 30 seconds on the clock to answer the question. Um, if you stay within that, you get a point. If you go outside of that, you lose a point um, and you don't get to see the questions ahead of time. Oh, and Brad's been cranky today. I am. allergies. Yeah, I haven't, been, I haven't been sleeping very well. Huh. My sinuses and are not happy with the world right now. <laughs> I've got you, Wes. Don't worry. Thank you, Jeff. You're welcome. Okay. 30 seconds on the clock. First question. What was your worst rodeo injury? That's going to be more than 30 seconds. I broke both legs. Collapsed the lung, four ribs, and smashed my face from my nose down all in the same time. I wanted to go home. I didn't like that. The same time? Yeah. 
Um, I hung up to the side of the bull. He hit me in the face, knocked me out, and I hung up to the side of the bull. So I was knocked out. So every time he jumped and kicked, he would land on my legs or my back or my ribs. And uh, yeah, it was it was a hell of a wreck. Uh, but you got more in eight seconds. No, I <laughs> before. <laughs> okay. Next question. Uh, the best fishing memory of your last Fishing the Wild West TV show season. When with the it's always when the thirteenth or fourteenth episode is complete. We know it's in the bay and the pressure is off. There is a lot of pressures when you're shooting a show. Um, but once you get that 14th one done, Chuck drops a camera, he pisses, picks up the rod, and I just let him fish. I, I just sit in the front of the boat or drive the boat, whatever he wants to do, the pressure's off. <laughs> Question number three, your recommended best fishing investment? Um, get a boat. I was told once, get your first boat before you have your first child or you'll be in your 40s before you get it. So if you haven't had any kids, yet, any young guys out there haven't had any kids or girl, go get your boat now. Best investment. Quality yeah. gear too. That's big difference between inferior gear and quality gear. And you don't know it until you've had the bad gear first. Such as a Lynn Thompson spoon. Such as a Len Thompson spoon. Question number number four. Your schedule and shows can be very demanding. How do you personally recharge? Whoa, good question. I don't think I get to until December because there's always a, a mental element of it. Like I said, until you get the 14th episode done. Um, but going into our eighth season, actually going into our sixth season, Chuck and I did kind of make an agreement. We're going to settle down and enjoy this a little more. We go to some breathtaking places and we don't really get a chance to experience them. We go and get the job done and we go home or to the next place. Okay. All right. Enjoy. Live in the moment is what I heard there. Question number five, your most intense experience, dangerous, intense, whatever you want to interpret that as, um, that you've had in the outdoors besides being knocked out by a bull. Oh, yeah. So we'll leave Rodeo out of this because it would win. Um, our rookie year shooting Fish and Wild West TV, we're flown into um, a lodge. Best fishing in the world. For seven days, it rained. There was a six-hour period during the day of, of a total over the seven days when it didn't rain. And I mean, it rained so hard, we couldn't pull the cameras out. We actually pulled the episode off, but it was a lot of pressure. Okay. Uh, Brad's reading the question I wrote. I don't understand the question. Jess can ask the question. Uh, this is a self-serving question in terms of like, this is a Len Thompson related question. Um, but I quite often have people, you know, coming into the showroom or emailing in or commenting online. How and where do you use number fours? And what's your go-to pattern? I use number fours for three-way rigging, lake trout. 
Um, I've also several times casted number fours for Northern Pike when they're big and aggressive. Um, it's an incredible or bigger, stronger vibration, triggering bigger fish. Go-to pattern is probably, I really like the red and white and I really like the silver and blue. Um, but in all the Len Thompson's, it is hard to beat the five of diamonds, but anything with that silver and it can, regardless of the paint, the other side's the, the brass, all creating flash and vibration. Can we give him a point still, just because that was, again, a self-serving question? Oh, uh, Wes has already lost like three points. I'm just not calling him on it, so. <laughs> <laughs> I am turning it off before he usually finishes. Yeah, okay. exactly. Uh, question number seven. Your favorite all-time episode that you have filmed in seven seasons. Oh. Oh, I, I love them all. Um. Holy cow. I really, really enjoy the 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 self-guided trips where you're on your own to figure it out. So again, three-way rigging in the Northwest Territories with the Nacho uh, Lake Lodge all by yourself. And there's not the experience of catching white sturgeon on the Fraser River, the prehistoric species, and the tagging program that goes into that. But I like every one of them. Point deduction again, right? Last question of rapid fire. In um, the last podcast that we recorded with you, you had said that you have taken one hook each season. As in you got accidentally hooked. Oh, yeah. Was there a seventh last season since we spoke to you? Um, I always get hooks in my fingers and stuff, but last year on season seven... I thought I'd stick one in Chuck. So I... <laughs> Poor Chuck. <laughs> so I made a cast. I was casting. Chuck was at the front of the boat filming me, and I was casting to behind him so that he could get the lure. He could get it. It was a Len Thompson, number two. Um, and the line wrapped around my bale of my reel and stuck him right in the neck. Oh. Yeah. Um. So we had to take pictures first. <laughs> then, uh, and this is actually great advice to anybody listening, because it's going to happen. If it hasn't happened yet, keep fishing, because it's going to happen. Do not try to pull the barb back through the same wound. We rolled it around, had to poke it through again. Um, and then I always carry, another tip, carry side cutters in your tackle box. I cut the, the barb off. And then it's easily just, it just rolls back out. No problem. Um, little bit of blood. Hit his jugular. Um, and he didn't cuss me too bad. But that well, was... Well, it's the first time, I guess, there's a little grace period, but... Yeah, and it's... Uh, and again, on that note, side cutters, don't try to pull the barb back through your flesh. Push, make a new hole or another hole, push it out, cut the barb, take it out always wear sunglasses we went over this last episode yep. and mm -hmm. i can't stress that enough it's uh you know i can, i get that hook out of chuck's neck but i couldn't have got it out of his eye and we're at adventure destination we we're a flight we were a two-hour float plane ride to larange so and another lesson we learned from that and i've talked about on the show when i do those fly-ins or remote i pinch the barbs 
in case something like that happens. You're going to catch fish. There's lots of fish up there. So even if you pinch the barbs and lose a fish, not that big a deal. Safety first. Thank you, Wes, for the extremely entertaining uh, rapid fire session. You are one of the uh, poorest performers, though, from a point <laughs> system. <laughs> I was wondering if the first time was a fluke, but it's been reinforced. <laughs> no, well, you're negative four or five points now. But it was informative. Very informative. Yes. I'm not saying the content was bad. I'm just saying that you broke the rules. Well, well and speaking of rules, so the next thing I'm going to ask you is if you prepared a fishing joke. Because last podcast, I asked you to prepare a fishing joke and you did not do your homework. You instead, you instead told a, you know, an embarrassing story, which is fine. But um, in the spirit of ending our episode with a hilarious, no pressure, fishing joke, do you have one for us today? Whenever a fisherman tells you they've never been skunked, they're joking. That's all I got. <laughs> I'm I'm still flustered by Brad telling me I was no good. <laughs> didn't say no good. I said you didn't follow the rules. Oh. Uh, yeah, he just said you he didn't say no good. He said you were one of the worst. Yeah, that was pretty. I don't know if I'm going to recover from that. A worst at following the rules, Wes. Yes, oh. that is true. Well, it feels good to be bad. Yeah, well, I guess. <laughs> Didn't follow the rules on getting a joke ready either, so. I don't, you oh. tell me a fishing joke. No, we're the we're the podcast host. We don't Just do no. that. <laughs> oh, oh, tricky, hard, isn't it? <laughs> Actually, the story of hooking hooking uh chuck chuck and almost killing him by severing an artery that uh what would you have done like if you took chuck out there would I'd be, be no tv show cameraman. i What's guess that? looking for a new chuck i don't know <laughs> you can't replace chuck no you can't so i guess maybe i would have had to retire let him bleed out, go fishing. I don't know. <laughs> I'd give him a bottle of whiskey and said, well, good luck. <laughs> we love you, Chuck. Thank you, Wes, for being on our podcast again. We really appreciate your time. Um, people love hearing what you have to say and uh, checking out how you're preparing for 2023. Yeah, thank you for having me. And anybody listen, if you see us, on the water, on the road, please stop and say hi. Fishing Wild West TV wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for our viewers. Aww. <laughs> Until next time, listeners. Happy fishing.